episode 45 of React Native Radio. I'm your host, Natter Dabbit. Today, we have Gate Laborde on from Infinite Red, and we're going to be kind of talking about React Native community, React Native meetups, and React Native conferences, and just getting involved with React Native in general and how you can kind of go about doing that. So, Gant, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. So, the last time we had you on, we were kind of talking about Ignite, and Ignite is still out there and people are using it and uh, very active, you know, things going on in the repo. But since then, a few things have happened. I know you guys announced the React Native conference that's going to be going on on the West Coast. And I think that might be a good place to, to start the discussion. So can you kind of go into the conference and kind of talk about what you guys are hoping to accomplish with that? Absolutely. All right. So first and foremost, um, I know that you and Mike Grabowski have been a big influencers in the community, doing a great job and starting off with the React Native EU conference. And there's been a lot of uh, like excitement, especially for us as React Native developers. Uh, you know, we're kind of the second class citizens to React sometimes. Uh, if you go to a conference, it's about 80-20. You're going to get 80% uh, of it specific to web. 20% of it is you know down into things that can be reusable as well as native. And I love going to these conferences, meeting people, talking about JavaScript. And it's fantastic, except for the fact that I want to talk about mobile apps. So I want to go to a React Native conference. And I kind of said uh, you know, my woes and spoke to the people at Infinite Red. And they said, we've thrown successful conferences in the past on mobile. Uh, we've done uh, these kinds of things before. It's a great idea. Let's go ahead and let's throw the, you know, the biggest, baddest United States, you know, React Native conference that we can. At parties and you know, there was popcorn everywhere. It was great. I love this whole concept. So all the big hitters were on it, and we started reaching out to speakers. Um, if you have something that you want to speak about, definitely go to the website and sign up. It's infinite red slash chain react conf uh you can also see you know i'm sure if you search for chain react conf now i know we could call it a uh, react native conf it's just understood we want to go ahead and start with chain react is the connection between these these uh, atomic units haha because of the icon being an atom it is the connection between us that builds the molecules that's all these people coming together and talking about react native and you can go to the website and sign up if you sign up, you'll be notified when we do the call for papers. We're going to have some initial keynote speakers. Um, no spoilers, but obviously we're talking to some people, obviously talking to people like Nader, talking to people like Mike Grabowski, talking to Brent Batney. We'll see who actually, with the dates and everything, kind of comes through. But it would be exciting. We definitely have a lot of people interested in doing keynote presentations. And then also we have some exciting surprises coming along as well. So uh, it's definitely a set in Portland, Oregon, in summer of 2017. Uh, Portland is beautiful. The weather is nice, especially in summer. So we'll be there, and we'll have just a, just a wide array of people. So um, if you're in on the West Coast, definitely check out the uh, website, sign up, and then see if you can you know, I guess it, start preparing a speech that you want to kind of submit because we'd love to see it. Or if you're brand new, uh, it's going to be a great spot to go ahead and pick up exactly how to go ahead and start building inside mobile. And then, uh, then I plan on flying over and, and attending React Native EU as well. So it's a really exciting year in 2017 for the community. So um, let's talk about conferences like in general. So definitely we'll go into React Native EU also in a little bit, but it's basically going to be you know, a React Native conference that's going to be in Poland. But um, I guess for me, I started going to conferences about four or five years ago, and it's literally changed my life. Just being at my first conference, I was just blown away about how awesome the people were and you know, how much, not only that I, I learned, you know, going to the talks, which is great, but I would say the main value I normally get out of a conference is what happens between the talks, during lunch, um, maybe even at the parties or over the Slack channel. 
I've just gotten so much value out of people I've met. I've learned so many things from, you know, networking with people and kind of following them on Twitter. Um, what, what do you say like about conferences? Like if someone hasn't been to one or if someone is going to one in general, React Native or not, like what do you recommend people to do to get the most value out of a conference? Absolutely. So whatever you focus on is what you improve on. And even if a conference is just, you can't judge it by the list of topics. You really can't. Whenever you go to a conference, those human interactions, those unwritable, indescribable nuggets of truth that kind of come out from, you know, we're, we're human beings, right? I love the fact that I can text people. I love that I can communicate in a million different ways. But when you're standing in a high bandwidth situation of looking at and talking to people in the industry, the amount of information that's actually going into your brain is on overload. And that sort of human interaction that you have and identifying people's uh, personalities, their friendliness, it's just so much better for you as a professional and as a student and intellectually to be in those kinds of situations. I started going to conferences uh, around the same time. I think I, well, I used to always go to conferences, uh, but uh, they were usually like work sending you to this, right? And then I think around 2010, I started going because I wanted to go. And that's when it really kind of kicked in for me. It's like, I make lasting friends. I, you know, my Twitter account blows up every time I go. And I just enjoy the connections and the people at these kinds of things. Yeah, I've never been to anything other than mostly JavaScript conferences. Well, I'll take that back. I went to Gotham Go, which was in New York. It was a Go conference. But I've just had so much fun at all of them. But I've never been to like a corporate type of conference like Microsoft, though I bet you know, it's probably very similar. I don't, I don't really know for sure. Yeah, I guess if you're looking for a conference to attend, it's kind of really depends on what you're looking to learn. And also if you can kind of connect with the people that are, are the organizers and kind of follow them on Twitter and, and see their personality and that type of stuff, it kind of will tell you a lot about what to expect, I guess, when you get there. Normally, I really have a lot of fun and I get so much value out of them. They, they've exponentially paid for themselves, even when I've had to pay out of my own pocket. So, but I guess I come, that brings to another question, like who pays for you to go to these conferences again? For me, I can tell you, it's just been a combination of if I'm going to speak, sometimes I'll get paid or sometimes I'll at least get my expenses paid. My company, they usually pay for one or two a year. And then I usually go to a, a handful or maybe like, you know, one or two a year on my own dime. You know, what about you, like, as far as getting, you know, the money to go to these conferences and is it, you know, is it valuable to, to pay out of your own pocket? Yeah, I would absolutely say that one of the things that kind of happened, um, my very first conference that I paid for, you know, I was, if you get sent to some of these things and it's kind of, you know, the style of the conference is important. Your ambition is important. And I'm the kind of person I can never invest enough in my own education. If there's a book I need, I buy it. That comes straight out. Like there's always going to be a budget for self-education. So when I first paid for my very first uh, conference that I paid for was actually RubyConf. And I was blown away at exactly how much benefit I got from that. And then I, uh, you know, like, then I figured out how to sort of play the game a little bit as well. I mean, first of all, your company, you can always submit a proposal and get that to get paid for, which is key. And then second of all, if you own your own company, let's say you're an LLC, you're doing some moonlighting as a consultant or anything like that, you're bringing in money and you're getting taxed on 30% of that if you're in the States. And you to get that 30% back, you have to come up with, you know, tax deductions and tax deductible awesomeness is conferences, because when you pay for a conference, that's I think no, I'm not a lawyer. I think it's 100 percent tax deductible. And I think 50 percent of your meals the whole time you're there, you're kind of getting that tax money back by investing in yourself. So anytime you don't, if you own your own LLC or anything like that, and this kind of goes up the chain, too. 
because the company you work for has uh, tax deductions they can do for sending you to continued education. So they can, it, it really doesn't cost that company that much either. But if you wiped out all the benefit of the fact that, you know, you were leaving money on the table before and now you're going to fly into a cool city and meeting cool people, I would still pay for it out of pocket simply because it's part of like where I got to where I got is, is that I'm not going to hold back. If there's a book that needs to be bought, I'm going to buy it. If there's a course that needs to be purchased, I'm going to go ahead and purchase that. It's, it's investing in yourself. And that's always going to be a fantastic investment. So what about people that want to get into speaking at conferences? What do you kind of recommend as far as the track to kind of get to that point? I know there's a lot of things that kind of go into it. A lot of, a lot of the time, the organizers will kind of either take a call for proposals and go through and kind of maybe choose certain talks that they feel like are the best fit and that type of stuff. But I guess as someone that maybe has never spoken at a conference, what do you think would be a good way for people to kind of start moving in that direction? Because it is very, you know, it's very rewarding to not only go to a conference, but if you become a speaker, you know, you get, you kind of get added benefit as far as the free travel, but also a little more notoriety and things like that, which if you're a consultant or something can be very valuable to your bottom line. Uh, yeah, and and that's one of the things that you kind of get by going to conferences as well, is that you make friends with speakers, you make friends with uh, conference organizers. So even if you might not have a chance or a topic to speak about this year or something like that, if it's in your blood and you know that you want to work on some cool technology and tell people about it, right? There's the advantage that you can go and start actually figuring out and asking these questions directly from people. That's sort of what uh, worked well for me. You know, my second year I went to RubyConf, I went as a guide. I volunteered as a guide to go ahead and sort of uh, help people who are new in the programming language, who are new at the conference, and they have like a really cool setup where there's like a, a guide dinner. I mean, obviously Ruby's been around for over 20 years, so they've, they've been running conferences for a while. They know what they're doing. I wouldn't say that every place has something like this, but getting involved and then seeing you know, the connections allows you to kind of identify how you can do that. Now, first off, if you don't have a speaking bone in your body and you want to change that, that's something you need to start changing today. And it's really easy, especially for me. I joined Toastmasters which is really, really beneficial. Every week I go talk in front of a group of people. Wow, and you know, that's the second time I've heard Toastmasters this week and I've never heard of it before that. So yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead about what oh, I mean, exactly it's that fantastic. is. fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, think about this. Anything else that you need to practice, math, coding, anything like that, you can do it alone. What's the one thing you can't do alone is practice talking in front of people, right? Like you can't get good at that by yourself. Uh, there's just no way they could do that. But that's exactly what Toastmasters is. It's a friendly group of people who are there to not judge you, but to like assist you. Uh, it started, you know, I mean, it's got the real old school kind of smell on it. It started in the 20s at the YMCA. I mean, it's like we're here to, to kind of get people, you know, acclimated, help them as individuals, right? And it still it still has that sort of really friendly mentality. If you go into any Toastmasters, it's sort of like a, a world. It's international. So when you go to Paris, France, I mean, if you go to London, wherever you go, they're going to have a Toastmasters meeting there. So you can go on vacation and then immediately meet people from that local region, which is really really cool. So just practicing talking in front of people is probably the best way to go ahead and get that done. And then on top of that, working on some some branding, getting your idea there. I mean, for instance, if you can do small meetup talks and add those to like your list of places that you've spoken at, that that works out really well too. And then, you know, as it keeps getting higher and higher up, like some of the people once you get to a certain level, you don't apply to speak. People apply to you to speak. And this is people like, you know, Ernie Miller, um, you know, and 
some, uh, I'm losing some of the names specifically, but there's there's some JavaScriptians who get asked to speak all the time, and they don't apply at all. They have a website where they just kind of log, you know, I spoke here, I spoke here, I spoke here, just to keep track of it and continue to show their progress. Yeah, definitely plus one on the meetup talks. I think that's a good way to kind of get into speaking in general. If you're into the software community and you want to go to some of these conferences and, and you know, talk, because a lot of times when you sign up as a for a call for proposals, they'll Google you. And if you have a few things on YouTube with you talking, they can at least get an idea of, if, uh, of how you are and, and your persona and things like that. And I would also add maybe throwing uh, a few open source projects out there um, if you're looking to get your name out there, just in general, like, you know, meetups, open source projects and blogging, of course, and stuff like that always helps. You know, one thing I want to add with that is that it's increasingly more uh, common for the initial call for papers to be 100 percent blind. I know that they did this recently so that they don't actually want any of your personal information and so what happens is if you see anybody say, do not put any indication to gender or links or anything like that, those call for papers are, you know, they're doing this simply because they want to have uh, discretion. They want to choose the best talks. And then so it's OK to put in there that you have experience, but not saying specifically what that experience is. But whenever you see a call for papers like that, it's very important that you make your best foot forward, you know, that knock them down, drag out. Awesome. Because at that moment, you're on the same field as everybody else who they didn't already ask to speak. And you can actually get a speaking spot pretty easy if you can break in. Some conferences actually do their call for papers this way, just to go ahead and make sure that's very fair. There can be no cronyism or gender bias or anything like that. So definitely, if you see them kind of asking for those things, a good little tidbit is make sure that submission that you do really is the best thing you can show. Yeah, definitely. That's that's very interesting. That's a good point because there are that is that is more of like a movement now that people are trying to get more of a, a diverse speaking audience and not just have the same speakers. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. So I guess let's go to more uh, talking about meetups in general and then and maybe the community, React Native community. Something that was interesting that we just had yesterday is the React Native online meetup. So there is a GitHub repo where you can kind of follow along and see what's going on with this. But basically the concept was there were a handful of, of presenters and we basically, you could log in and, or you don't have to log in. I think you just go to a YouTube link and you can watch the live meetup presentations and it was almost like a conference there were some very innovative and cool things that were talked about um rom from microsoft was there talking about some new build tools that are coming out for react native gant was there a few other people were there and it was awesome i'll definitely put a link to the to that in our notes but um it's something i would definitely check out if you're just interested in this type of stuff and it was kind of like being able to go to a conference or a meetup just from you know your desk, and I'm hoping that it continues to grow um, and all of that. So uh, yeah, again, you were there, right? You you, you oh, spoke yeah. there. Yeah. Man, so what did you think about that? I, it is really awesome. It goes to show you there's no excuse. Uh, like if there's no meetups in your area, um, we happen to be some technologists in an internet age. <laughs> there's a meetup on the internet ready to go with people and, and the transparency, right? The contextual transparency of being able to say, hi, person who authored this library, I have a question specifically to you. And then being able to get that answer instantaneously. I mean, that brings so much value to the community. And this is really new, I think, in React Native. Before it was Facebook's doing this. Um, wouldn't it be great if you could go to the one Facebook conference and talk to some of the people who author some of the tools that you depend on. And now as it's becoming more community driven and Facebook's always pushed towards that, we want the community to take on these tools, right? Um, and as they continue to push, then you can go ahead and speak directly to authors and, and have contributors and it becomes community owned. And 
And I think that's great for Facebook. And it's great for us as developers in this kind of field, you know, that you can have a piece of that, um, of the, of the machine and you can, you can have some pride in it as well. And I swear, I love, I love talking to these people. I mean, Rom, he bust out, uh, I know he's mentioned it before, but the, was it Maya Kai? I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that was right. Yeah, K-A-I. I don't know what it means. I think he has a description. But it is, uh, he showed record and and replay, which is basically um, what all the Appium and Calabash people are trying to do. But this worked immediately with React Native and just allowed you to click through. And then in JavaScript, be able to run your own integration test. And I was like, all right, immediate star. This is <laughs> this is going to happen. And I can't wait to work on this personally. And I think that we need that because, you know, you see these great ideas. We need a place for them to be shared. And that's so cool. That was a great meetup. Yeah, it's so it's so awesome. I'm hoping. I mean, there was a, a lot of people that showed up for it too. I was surprised. It was like over 50 people, I think. So like, it's definitely a thing that can grow, and and it'll be something you know to keep an eye on. And I think it's just a great idea in general. So if, so if you want to kind of uh, get out there and and do something you know good um, or do something cool as far as like being part of the community or getting involved with meetups, you know maybe think about expanding on that idea. And if you have a certain niche that you're that you're involved with, you know, maybe think about doing an online meetup or maybe submitting, you know, submit a, a pull request to the React Native online meetups, actually, which would be a good way to, to get involved. And I guess that brings us to local meetups in general. So if you're involved with development right now, you're probably involved with uh, or at least aware of, uh, of these meetups that are going on. So, you know, for me, I've gotten a lot out of it when i moved to la i'm from mississippi i moved to la we didn't have meetups here there were a million meetups there and i I learned a lot and i met a lot of awesome people when i moved back to mississippi we still didn't have any meetups so i created a couple of meetups and we've grown to around around 500 or so people and what i've gotten out of it is not only you know speaking a lot because it's kind of especially at first it's kind of hard to find speakers consistently so every month or every other month i was maybe giving one of the talks but just networking with, with people there and seeing all the people there network with each other and get jobs. We've, we've had probably, uh, you know, dozens of jobs. I don't know the number, but definitely dozens of jobs that have come out of our meetup since we started. And definitely if you're not already going to a meetup, I would, I would recommend, you know, kind of doing that. But, you know, something that would be, you know, interesting to do if you're kind of also wanting to get, you know, your name out there is create your own meetup. There are not a ton of React Native meetups yet, especially if you're in a smaller town um, or maybe in uh, not a huge town or huge city. But uh, even if there are already are React Native meetups where you are and you're maybe in like a separate area, you know, consider creating your own meetup. So um, what about you, Gan? Have you, have you been involved with any meetups down there in, in New Orleans or any of the other places you've lived? Yeah, I think the the big key here is identifying that there is a such thing as a meetup. <laughs> like it just kind of it seems like a term that that's kind of caught fire in the past five years or so. So if you're brand new, this has been around all the time. But if you've been in it for a while, it was sort of interesting concept, but it didn't really happen nearly as much. I mean, you had events but you didn't have weekly or monthly meetups for, for the most part of it. And like, that's why I think we kind of suffered is, uh, you know, I live in New Orleans, you, you know, you in Mississippi, we didn't kind of get this California concept kind of coming over until, uh, you know, the past five years or so. But what I love about what you said is, um, you know, I think that every time there's a problem, so somebody's listening and they're in, you know, Idaho, right? And they're like, well, I don't have any meetups. But but you're the success story on that is that in every problem, there's a victory, you know, there's a prize waiting to happen. And if you take a look at what you've done now, Nader, you, you, you know, you're kind of, you're doing the podcasting. Um, I know you're going to go around doing some more speaking, you're going to conferences. What you got was the opportunity to go ahead and create a meetup 
and learn the, you know, the leadership skills that kind of go with something like that. So anybody who's in a community that has meetups that they're not going to, they're missing out. They really are. I mean, there's just fantastic uh, opportunities passing them by every meetup. If you're in a community that doesn't have meetups, then you have probably the most valuable opportunity, which is, you know, working on your leadership skills and actually giving back to that technology, which I think is, is really key. Because I mean, if you're if you're in a city and you see that opportunity, like being getting any practice at growing a community is a lifelong benefit. And uh, I mean, I know I'm talking to a bunch of computer nerds, right? I mean, our, our extroverted computer nerd is the guy who stares at your shoes instead of his own. <laughs> We're all a little bit weird and introverted, right? But we've got a little bit of gas in the tank to go ahead and do things like this about things we're excited about, things that are interesting. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a big advocate. Local meetups, absolutely. If your technology and your flavor isn't there, go start it. Yeah, definitely. Even going to meetups was out of my comfort zone at first, uh, much less speaking at a meetup or holding a meetup. I think it's a good thing, though, you know, to kind of get out there and, and grow because it's usually that type of interaction that, that helps you the most. Things that you don't want to do or are afraid to do are going to help you by far the most. So if you're looking for a job and you're not attending these meetups, you're definitely missing out. Companies go to these meetups to find people because they know that they're finding the most talented and most motivated people out there because you don't really have to do this. When you get off of work, you can leave and you can go home and, and do stuff. And you can hang out with your family, which is great. And there's definitely nothing wrong with that. But taking one night a month or, or a couple of nights or a, a month or even one night every few months and going to these, you're going to be uh, connected with a lot of good people and a lot of influential people and smart people in the community. But you're also going to be connected to people that are looking for developers that are motivated. And if you send your resume to 100 companies, you may not get called back. But if they see you in your spare time and your free time, taking the initiative to learn and and network, they're going to take you a lot more seriously. And I've seen this happen so many times. Usually companies will literally say, hey, we're hiring, come talk to me. And you're much more likely to, to get taken seriously in one of those environments as opposed to just throwing your resume out there. Yeah. I mean, coming in the door, being a name on a piece of paper <laughs> for like those who are looking for jobs, uh, is 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 next to worthless compared to being a face um, who you, somebody shared a drink with or had a conversation with at a meetup. Yeah, and if you um, if you can even go a step further and present something, even if it's something that is not the most craziest new technology in the world, just something that you've been kind of toying around with, that'll definitely get you a long way as well. But um, I guess the next thing to kind of talk to, if you are thinking about hosting your own meetup. What is involved with that as far as I, I can go into some of this as well, but uh, I'm kind of curious um, in your experience, what have you seen that goes along with that as far as sponsorship, finding the space, getting the word out? Like what tools and, and things have you used in, in, in your experience? Oh, yeah. Well, I can tell you for a fact and I've thrown several events. It's really easy if you're going to start a meetup or any kind of event whatsoever to undervalue the amount of setup time because <laughs> you think that maybe, you know, I'll have to call a few places here and there. And the trick is you want to look at it. You want to almost have the finesse of uh, like a wedding planner. Like what, where's going to be a place that people are going to be happy to attend and they're going to want to show up if you're doing it monthly, every month, um, or if you're doing it weekly, they're going to want to be able to see the same place every week and feel comfortable and it's going to have all the technology all the slides and uh, projector screen things like that i mean there's just so much setup you actually have to enjoy the setup process um and be kind of <laughs> masochistic in, in that way and when you're kind of putting this thing together and the other thing i'd have to say that comes with it is sort of like consistency um you know people who if you've done sort of like you have done you know consistent podcasting you have the self-discipline to keep yourself on a schedule and you actually want to keep doing that stuff 
Then you have the ability to go ahead and schedule and do your own meetup. If you don't have that, it's going to be a bit, uh, it's probably going to be the hardest thing is that when the novelty wears off of being, if you're just picturing yourself kicking off meetups and having everybody be like, thank you for making this happen, that's going to last two or three meetups. And then when the novelty goes away, the meetup will go away. You have to have some kind of renewable resource, I guess is what I want to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that was the case for me. The first couple of months were so exciting and awesome, and then and then the third or fourth meetup rolls around, and and your wife is like cooking dinner, and you want to go home, but you have this meetup to do, and then everybody leaves, and there's trash everywhere, and you have to lock up and spend an hour cleaning up. Um, you know, that's just what goes along with it. But um, I would say, you know, kind of having maybe a, a co-organizer help you out goes a long way. Also, just having in your mind that you're going to do this no matter what and continue doing it. Um, after about six to 12 months, you kind of get in a routine where it's not, it's not um, a huge deal anymore to kind of do this. It's kind of, you're used to it. You, uh, you know, you learn to actually enjoy it because, you know, you, people know when they know that you're there and you're going to keep doing this, you start growing um, even more. So you'll get that initial pop of people signing up the first three or four months and then you'll see it kind of maybe taper down a little bit. But um, maybe uh, I would say eight to 12 months, it starts going up again because people, they look back in your history and they're like, oh, there's been 12 meetups every month. Like, this is a serious thing. I'm going to join it. And that then it becomes a little more exciting again. And then, you know, all the things that come along with it, you'll get you'll get a lot of job opportunities, consulting opportunities. You'll be connecting people. That That's a lot of fun, too. Just being, you know, being part of the community and, and, and getting your name out there is, is it's a is a fun thing. But as far as actually finding the space, definitely pick a space where people want to come. I've been moving my meetups lately to co-working spaces. Co-working spaces are awesome because they want you to be there. They'll they'll a lot of times sponsor you. The co-working spaces are a lot of times really cool places and they're already set up for for things like this. So you don't need to worry about hauling in a projector. You don't need to worry about setting up, you know, sound and, and, and video and all this stuff. It's kind of already there. Um, and they want you to be there. So just if you're looking for a space or a sponsor, the first place I would probably reach out to is uh, co-working spaces. And then second, I guess, sponsorship in general. You would be surprised at how willing people are out there to sponsor these types of meetups because they get the top developers in their area coming directly to them in a time when it's almost impossible to get developers to come work for you, you literally have these people coming in your door. And not to say that you want these companies pitching and trying to hire your developers while they're there, but it shows a lot of goodwill when a company is willing to, to invest their money and their space to help the community. And then they get a better rapport and then they get connected with the developers and it's like a natural process. It's not a forced thing. So, you know, don't be hesitant to reach out to companies and ask them for money and ask them to you know, host your meetups because they, they want you to do that. All they need is that, that connection, I guess. So, yeah, it is kind of a neat concept that once you have a successful meetup, you're the place that companies want to be at. One of the successful meetups now in New Orleans, every so often they'll have free bar tab for the next uh, two hours or something like that hosted by company XYZ happens to be hiring, knows the talent is there. And so just go into any given meetup and considering it's New Orleans, <laughs> you could just show up and the next thing you know, you're pretty drunk and it was, you spent zero dollars <laughs> and it really is, it's beneficial for everybody uh, I mean, unless you're recovering alcoholic, <laughs> or something like that. but it really is just uh, a fun kind of thing. And you know, that energy is coming in because you and other people are going to this meetup and supporting it. And that's where these larger companies who really want to find those active individuals are coming in saying, you know, consider us, which is really, it's nice being courted once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. And about the beer thing, like pizza and beer will draw in more people than a really good lineup of speakers. So if you can like just get that together, you will automatically be on your way. Um, of course, it is very important, you know, to get good quality content or good quality speakers there in general. But you know, the, uh, I would say also a lot of the value is just the people being together in general. So we have like two meetups a month. Uh, we have actually three now, but the 
the but the two main ones are a technical meetup where we get we get together we have pizza and beer or, or we have beer and some type of food lately we've been doing all kinds of other stuff tacos um we've had we've had um, sandwiches and stuff like that but um so we do like an hour to an hour and a half of talks and we do about 30 minutes to an hour of socializing and then we have a entirely social meetup where we uh we call it beer and code we basically meet at a bar or a restaurant or at a co-working space and we have uh if we're at a restaurant or bar we have like a tab open and people can you know eat and drink or if we're at a co-working space we cater or we have food brought to us and we bring beer and you know both of those have worked out really well i think having the combination uh those two uh, options you know draw two different types of people and then a lot of people come to both there's value to be had at, at both types of meetups for sure now if you're looking to start a meetup i think it's i think you know we're we're talking about react native right we're we're a react native podcast i think react native offers a pretty good opportunity to get into the meetup space because it's so new that there are not a ton of meetups out there for it they're they're there are there are some popping up, but say you're in New York, there's a very good React Native New York meetup. But say you're in uh, Brooklyn or, or you're in a different area, you know it would even be worth it to you know start another one because a lot of times you know when you're you don't want to commute an hour there an hour back if there's another one really close by. So like yeah, so if you do want to start a meetup, look around and then maybe start a React Native meetup. It would be great for the community. Um, and it's a huge opportunity right now because it's such a new, still you know, fairly new technology. I guess we'll go ahead and get on to maybe talking about more of the community in general. So what are some of the main channels that people can kind of connect with to get involved with the React Native community right now? Well, I can tell you this. If you're just developing and you see, I mean, I, I don't know if everybody feels the same way, but I'm just happy to see people try to give back anything. Sometimes I'll get pull requests. Okay, so I'm authoring quite a few repos. Actually, we can see about getting some more inside of I, uh, the uh, perfectly named the React Native Community repo, um, you know, the organization. And one of the things that's really key with this is um, I'm happy to see when somebody comes along and just fixes a typo or, you know, comes and just says, hey, I had this problem and I wrote up like a description and kind of came back. It really is rewarding, not only to the authors, um, to, to see people using, because otherwise, you, what do we look at? GitHub stars? You know, GitHub stars are cool, but they're not people, right? So uh, if you can get out there and recently, I don't know if you guys know about Hacktoberfest, but uh, DigitalOcean just gave away shirts to anybody who did four pull requests on open source. He had to sign up for it in October. Definitely check it out for next year if he didn't. And they're sending out Hacktoberfest shirts, just promoting open source mentality and contributions. And I can't wait for my shirt to come in. <laughs> but I mean, that really kind of got the juices flowing. Some people came in and they're like, by the way, um, I noticed you could use a little bit more documentation on Yarn. And it's like, thank you. That was a great suggestion. And that's sort of like a spot right now. How many people have NPM install instructions on their React Native repos, on any repo, on any JavaScript repo, where you could additionally say, or if you use Yarn, here you go. Uh, you might think it's a little cheap. You might say, eh, I don't want to bother people with this kind of stuff. But I mean, if the person is is like, if, it, if you look at the repo and it's a person's name, you're making their day. If it's a small organization, you're making their day. You're contributing, you're giving back, and, and it makes everybody get that boost of uh, oxytocin, right? We have the, the social uh, chemical all flowing in. And that's really kind of what open source is about, in my opinion. And so I would highly recommend if you want to sort of kind of get started in that part, like open source contributions, getting in there, finding out how to, to start contributing, bringing value up into, into the world is rewarding for the community as well as yourself. Another great way is blogging. Right. So if you can have your experience kind of brought up, then you can and mention certain people's uh, code, things that you've learned, just that you saw issues that you've solved 
and then blogging it and then tweeting the people. That's a great way to kind of interact with the online community as well. And then that gets you pulled in deeper. Like really these outlying issues are pulling you in deeper and deeper into what's going on. And then the next thing you know, you're you're on a podcast with uh, Nader Davitt talking about, you know, the latest, greatest feature that you might have added or just kind of chatting uh, about maybe your own particular projects. But starting off, if, if you want to get in there, those small tidbits, everybody loves. It's a little bit more like chore kind of work. And a lot of repos also mark things as um, easy tasks, open starting tasks. That's even on React Native. I know Brent tweeted the other day, he needed some extra documentation. And so he tweeted out on a Saturday, hey, if anybody goes ahead and writes this little bit of documentation, I will merge it. And I think the PR was in within two hours and you know, it just kind of adds to the list of contributors and kind of helps everybody. And getting involved with that, I mean, you've got to follow the community. You've got to just kind of be part of it and then you find those kinds of ways. Also, I would say maybe getting involved with uh, Discord. So there's a very active community on Discord. There's a React Native channel. There's a React channel. Uh, there's Redux. There's a million different things going on there. So you can kind of go in there and subscribe and kind of listen to and participate in really interesting conversations with people there. So I have been involved in and in and out over the last few months. I need to be more involved. I haven't really been involved that much lately. So I'm hoping to kind of open that back up. But yeah, that's definitely another another good way. And also just following, you know, people on Twitter that you're interested in and interacting with them there. That's a, a another good way. Um, I would really highly recommend again, I'm going to plug that React Native online meetup thing. That was really cool because, you know, a lot of people that I've I see and I talk to all the time were there that I haven't really met in person, but it was my first time to actually be able to interact with them, you know, live and that was awesome because there's a, a cool little chat going on there. So yeah, I think all that together is really good. And then, you know, attending conferences, of course, uh, there's, I would, I'll, I'll list off a few of my favorite conferences is a uh, React Rally. That was yes. in Salt Lake yes. City. That's probably my favorite conference at this point. Uh, they just do a fantastic job. It was Salt Lake City's beautiful. The organizers are wonderful. The, the speakers were awesome. Just everything about it was, was great. I really had a great time. And then um, and also... There is Forward JS. That's in in San Francisco. That's one of my favorite conferences. It's uh, JavaScript, uh, all things JavaScript. Uh, really good workshops there. So you can kind of go out there for like three to five days and and just get a lot of material in at one at one time. And some of the best speakers around the world, in my opinion, are there. So yeah, I think those are my two favorite conferences. I I really used to love JS Conf, but that's not going on anymore. Uh, what about you, Gan? What are some of your favorite ones? Well, I can tell you, um, definitely React Rally was fantastic. One of the ones that I'm very sad that I did not get to go to because they do a lottery on the tickets, but is his absolute best you know, option to go to is the official React conference that's done in San Francisco. You know, I, I feel like that one's uh, at the beginning of the year, every year, and... I don't know if I can beat up uh, or what I have, what kind of bot I have to write to go ahead and make that lottery system work. But it was, it's very fair. And then just to kind of uh, tie into that, there's some, there's a lot of online community, a lot of online stuff. There was Anywhere Comp, um, which was really cool. And both Nader and I spoke at that. And there's a oh, lot yeah, of options. Yeah, the, uh, React on, uh, what was it? React Online Conference, React.js. Yeah, like anywhere conf slash React Native or something like that. Uh, yeah, it was really great because, I mean, you, you, you've got speakers set up and you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to be able to, you know, for the price of a plane ticket, you can attend the conference in that way. Um, also a big fan of watching conferences on things like Conf Freaks. Um, if you don't get to attend it, if you just want to get that information from the speakers, um, that will give you the conference bug because <laughs> you'll be there like, I wish I could go ask this guy a question <laughs> and you can't because you weren't in the audience. But um, that's a really fun way to kind of catch up on information. There's so much cool stuff happening, especially for a multi-track conference. Anytime there's one that has multiple tracks going on, I think it's key 
to go back and watch the videos because sometimes you have to select one one speaker over another and you might be saddened or you might have chosen wrong. I know, I know in the past I have. And I would say that you can always go back and still kind of catch exactly what you missed, exactly what's going on. And things like that uh, work out really well. Um, and then additionally, you know what, depending on your interests, um, you know, I, we're all about React Native here, but do you care about, um, you know, technology influence, you know, then maybe Collision Conf uh, might be more for you. Uh, I think that you get to choose your own, this is your life, right? <laughs> choose your own adventure and go to the conferences that make sense for you. And then bring that information back to the rest of us. <laughs> Share it. Let us know what amazing things you figured out. Yeah, and uh, for the record, it was actually React Remote Conf. And, and they're going to be doing re- remote conferences through devchat.tv actually um, all next year and um, for the foreseeable future. So it's a really cool way and it's a really inexpensive way to attend a conference without actually having to spend a ton of money or leave uh, your city. So JS Remote Comp um, is, is a really good one. Um, I, I, I watched that one last year. It was awesome. And um, I think there's a Ruby and a few other ones. So um, I think that's on allremotecomps.com. And then another uh, actually conference that I really, really enjoyed, and I think I plugged this already, but I'll, I'll talk about it again, is Open Camps in New York. It's at the United Nations and it's, um, it's subsidized, I believe, by the United Nations. So you can kind of go for uh, not very much money. And there's a React uh, camp. And then there's a, there's like a, it's called Open Camps because there's a different like camp, quote unquote, which is basically a conference um, for every particular technology that's popular out there right now. So there's an Android, there's an artificial intelligence, there's a data visualization, there's a, a, about 20 or so. And it's at the United Nations, which is even cooler because you get to go and like hang out in the UN and like sit in these chairs that all these like politicians and world leaders sit in. It was it was so cool. And then you're in New York too. So uh, overall, I would say that was one of my favorite ones last year. So open camps, I believe it's going to be sometime in the summer of 2017. Nice. So this was a really good conversation. I think we need to actually have a few more podcasts about these specific topics and dive deeper into each one. So. Definitely uh, be on the, the lookout for that if you're listening. Um, so I think we're going to go ahead, though, and get to our picks. Um, Gant, do you have any picks for this show? Yeah, uh, I'm currently, uh, last time I was on, well, last time I was really able to do a good pick, it was a book that had nothing to do with programming, and it was awesome. This time, it's a book that has nothing to do with programming, <laughs> and I think it's awesome as well. It's a book by a uh, Harvard professor, and it's called Happier. And um, a lot of us are pretty happy individuals as well. Like um, some of some people perhaps aren't, and this book would be ideal. I would buy a copy for them, absolutely. But even if you are kind of you enjoy what you do every day, the uh, this professor, I think he did the course at Harvard, and then it was sold out for forever. I mean, the, the, not sold out, but whatever it is where the students were had a giant line waiting out the door to take this course. And that's when he realized he had to go ahead and make a book because uh, it, was, it was a hot topic. And it is specifically the four archetypes of people and how we search for happiness and how some of them are a bit more obtuse and difficult than others and the best path for you and yourself. And I feel like as I'm reading this book, I'm picturing people I know and the advice and, and the information is kind of like coming in. And that's how you can tell it's one of those really good books. So it's called Happier. It's, of course, on Amazon. It's probably one of the best sellers. Um, and it's written by a guy named Tal Ben-Shahar. Probably massacred his name. Uh, published back in 2007. And it is uh, it is really illuminating to kind of pay attention to the concepts inside that book. So I highly recommend it. Awesome. Just added it to my um, Goodreads account. I also have a book. I have two picks, actually. The first is a book, and it's called Thinking Grow Rich. And it's it was written in 1937. And um, I've heard this book all my life, you know, people recommending it. But I was like, that just sounds, you know, stupid. 
that just sounds like one of those books that's like this super self-help book and there's no way anything meaningful can come come out of this. But recently I had um, within a one week, two people that I really highly uh, re- respect kind of, uh, we always, you know, exchange book ideas and they both recommended this book to me within a week. So I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and read it. And I added it to my, um, my to-do, to-read list and I started it and I finished it uh, within about a week. And it's definitely one of the better books I've read. It's uh, it's very, very insightful. And the guy that wrote it put a lot of um, a lot of not only time and effort, but a lot of research behind it. So it's uh, it's kind of about philosophy and psychology. And it's, it's really interesting. And if you haven't read it, I would recommend it. Uh, it's about 100 years old or 80 years old. But the information is super relevant. And then the second pick I have is a company that we kind of uh, or an organization, I would say we kind of started. Um, called React Native Training. So um, if you go to the website, it's reactnative.training. And it's a group of people. It's going to be a group of people from the community. Right now, it's me and Mike Grabowski. But we're going to be adding one or two more um, people that that we think are going to be good fits. We're going to be doing specialized training in React Native. So we're going to be doing corporate training and workshop training. So um, if you are a company that wants to get your developers up to speed on React Native in a very short amount of time, um, maybe getting them, you know, weeks or months worth of uh, training within like a very short amount of time, a couple of days, we're going to be specializing in that. And we're also going to be going around North America and Europe doing workshops. Um, We're starting with uh, Fundamentals, uh, React Native Fundamentals, which is going to be a two-day course. And we're going to also in the future have uh, Advanced React Native. And this is going to be kind of everything you need to know to get going building mobile apps and React Native for iOS and Android and the future Windows. So we're going to be able to kind of be in the um, classroom answering questions. I know whenever I'm wanting to learn something, there's a lot of unknown unknowns that I'm not able to kind of ask the question. And I feel like every time I'm in one of these classroom settings, I just get so much more out of it. So we're going to be kind of keeping that into consideration and and covering everything that you need to know so you can kind of get all of the information you need. And then you're able to follow up with us after that. We're, you're going to have our contact information, our email addresses. So as you take the information that you learned at these courses, you're able to reach back out to us and interact with us and ask us questions. And it's all part of the ticket price. So definitely um, look out for that. Uh, if you have a, a city that you'd like us to come to, go to reactnative.training and just enter the city. Or you can email me directly at uh, dabit3 at gmail.com if you have any questions about it. All right. Well, uh, I guess that wraps up episode 45 of React Native Radio. Uh, Again, thank you again for joining us. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. It's always great. And we'll see everyone next week.